Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by myself, the podcast mogul, Phil Better. Today, our guest is a SaaS founder and business consultant specializing in operations and process optimization. With over eight years of experience in e-commerce and various challenges, including running a fulfillment center in China and launching our own software, TrackMage. TrackMage allows e-commerce stores to increase their sales by 5 to 10% by simply by simplifying the customer experience. With the platform, customers can track their products and the system handles upsells automatically following up for reviews. So ladies and gentlemen, please put yourself, put your hands together for Irina. I'm going to mess this up, but Pabdunaya to the show. I, I, I got it right. She's giving me the thumbs up. We did. It was relative. We had this conversation before. She said that even Google messes it up and finds it somehow when you just use ask ask them a call. So Irina, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me here, Phil. And uh, yeah, you you nailed it. Like the, the surname is a tongue twister. So I I understand. That's why I usually sign my emails, which is like Irina P and dot. Just to say people. And then all of a sudden they yes. get this call from it and they see this long last name. They're like, who is this? I don't know this person. Yeah, um, possibly. But Irina, um, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Um, I gave you this nice little intro, but it doesn't really, t- would you care to just quickly introduce yourself to my audience and let us know a bit about you? All right. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, an inter- entrepreneur from Bulgaria uh, and uh, this is not my first business, not even the second, it's uh, the third or fourth attempt. Uh, so uh, like I started uh, literally from going to China to find some awesome suppliers and uh, some edge uh, and I didn't find them. Uh, So the thing is, uh, I found the suppliers, but I didn't find uh, something that makes uh, the business actually tick. Uh, And uh, through trial and error, we discovered that it's customers and sales. And so (laughs) from that... Would have thought. uh, (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought? Because we thought that uh, like, if you find the best product with the best margin uh, from the best suppliers, uh, that's going to make your business uh, thrive. Apparently not. So that's uh, the thing that we learned from this uh, adventure in China, uh, where we literally moved there, lived there for two and a half years, uh, fulfilled uh, e-commerce orders and uh, helped uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs all over the world uh, buy products from China. So that's what we did. Uh, But then uh, like that endeavor ended and we were left with a system uh, that uh, we developed for that business. So when we were not physically there, the business couldn't exist. Uh, so that's when uh, we thought that how do we make like uh, lemonade out of those lemons that we are left with? So that's how we uh, started uh, the, this software called TrackMage. Uh, so it helps with uh, all the things that happen after the purchase. So for, from a customer standpoint, uh, it's uh, like this. So remember how on Amazon, when you order a product, uh, they show you the page where you see like uh, what time the product is coming to your doorstep. Uh, where is it now? Uh, And after the product gets delivered, they also ask you for a review. Mm -hmm. So that uh, functionality is only available on Amazon, but we made it available outside of Amazon on other platforms like Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, ClickFunnels, and other 
uh, software tools that don't have anything for order management or fulfillment or uh, like post-purchase customer experience. That's exactly what the tool actually does. Uh, Usually when I explain it to people, they say like, oh, you found such a niche market. Like, it's not niche. It's like a this big, big industry, you know, like the post-purchase customer it's, experience it's is like big. niche. Like, it's niche because yeah. it's a very, very segmented group. But the yeah. the population inside of it, the market inside of it is ginormous because it's every business needs this. Like, if Amazon's using it, it's obviously a great tool, right? Amazon yeah. has it. Most things Amazon does, they're doing it for a reason and it makes money. So if you go, this makes money for entrepreneurs, Amazon yeah. has it. Why doesn't everybody else? You were the first to market. You're, it is a niche. It's a niche thing to go into, but it's a, a market that's blue. It's a blue ocean of a market. I wouldn't say that. Like uh, we've got quite uh, quite a lot of competitors. Uh, so what uh, I would say is that uh, even if it's niche, uh, it's still... Uh, it still fills this uh, need of entrepreneurs. So every e-commerce business, uh, whenever they are starting, uh, they are dealing with the same uh, challenges that we dealt with uh, in China. Uh, when we were ordering the goods, when we had to keep track of all the uh, shipments, we had to keep track of all the suppliers, we needed to make sure that everything gets delivered on time, that the customers are happy, and that uh, basically everything clicks uh, in the business. So. We thought that uh, it will be beneficial to provide this functionality to everyone uh, who is starting their business or they are already running their business and they want to optimize their process. So that's how it got started. So, but the thing is, your question, the initial one, was about the nine to five and like how I uh, transitioned. Yeah, like what, what made you transition into the, like deciding, hey, let's uproot our lives in Bulgaria or wherever you were living yeah. to go over to China? which I'm yeah. going to say is a, probably a giant culture shock. Um, not knowing much about Bulgaria, but knowing a little bit about China and how they're, they don't speak Bulgarian. Uh, yeah, yeah it, they don't speak English either, but uh, so like only exactly, like a so very like, small, small uh, bit of population actually speaks English so that we can converse and uh, solve problems. So like with uh, this movement to China, I believe it was just this, uh, I don't know, call for adventure because... At some point uh, in my life, uh, like it was just mundane uh, routine work, uh, just like going to the office, uh, catering to the like whimsical boss, uh, and then <laughs> just making sure that uh, I stay uh, on the payroll. Uh, that, that's that was the life, and I felt trapped. I felt like it was uh, it wasn't something that uh, I really would uh, feel proud of if I told like okay for the last ten years that's what I did I was selling frozen berries uh, in bulk like great like like for like I'm the best seller uh, like the best salesperson for frozen berries that didn't resonate with my like life mission or something. So, it, it, it's a very niche life mission to be the best frozen berries sales and obviously kudos to anybody whose dream is that but i can understand that not being everyone's dream right so uh, at that point uh, and uh, i was feeling that i needed something uh, that, where i could shine something where i could uh, express uh, myself and for some reason i thought that it could be uh, through starting my own big company uh, i thought that i'm going to create something like a, a competitor to aliexpress which was like a very uh, 
underestimated project, I believe, because uh, we thought that uh, it's going to be easy. Well, we did make money. Uh, we did understand how all the uh, processes work. But then again, it wasn't uh, quite uh, what we expected. And at that point in time, we didn't know a lot about marketing. We didn't know about anything, anything about venture, venture funding. We didn't know like literally anything uh, besides the thing that uh, we can move to China and figure it out on the spot. That's mm -hmm. what we need. Right. Okay. Go ahead. So, Sorry. Well, I, I wouldn't say that uh, I have uh, anything specifically to add. Uh, it's just that uh, sometimes it just takes that leap of faith uh, to start the entrepreneurial journey. And you don't have to go to China to start that. <laughs> you just you need to research you need to understand uh, who is resonate like what kind of customer do you want to serve because uh the thing that we didn't understand is that uh, the customer is the king uh in that business and in any business uh in like on planet earth i believe because without customers the business doesn't exist and if we choose the customers wisely and Life becomes uh, this joyous, uh, this joyous endeavor. Yeah, where you just like you do what you love. But if we choose customers unwisely, like again, uh, I think there was this saying like never work with morons or like never work with a <laughs> if, if, if that's not a saying, it is now. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Tagline of this episode: Don't work with morons. Right. So the thing is, uh, if you choose customers that are draining you and uh, you don't really enjoy working with, that's going to spoil the business. And sometimes uh, even in established businesses, you could still find those like 20%, like 20, 80%, where like the 80% of customers are normal. And then you have those like 20% of outliers. If you just fire those customers, you will be better off. So <laughs> it's just that uh, thing that you could... Uh, you could do if you want to optimize uh, optimize the business uh, and optimize your life because after those customers are gone, you will be at peace, finally. <laughs> I love, you're reiterating something on a, from a previous podcast. Like uh, one of my guests said that one of the benefits of being your having your own business or being a digital entrepreneur is you can fire your clients versus being fired. Because when you're working for a company, you're at the mercy of the company. If you you mess up, you can get fired. However, when you're working with clients, if they annoy you, you can fire them, and, yeah. and you have you have a happier life. Like you said, like you get rid of that twenty percent that's giving you issues. Your life increases by eighty percent because you don't have that hassle. You don't have to deal with the constant emails and all that. So I I think it's it's I love hearing a reiteration of the fact from a previous guest with other guests because it just cements yeah. that like hey this is true you can you can get rid of clients you don't want to. yeah um, just one note on that still fulfill all your obligations for the mm -hmm. customer like don't just fire them like okay i took i took your money but i didn't do what you wanted and then no. i'm just firing you like that's scam like don't do that <laughs> like please either please. refund them refund yes, them the money refund that they refund them or finalize the contract and then don't hire them again um <laughs> yeah yeah that uh because again people could misunderstand so like oh yeah i'm so good uh this is great business like i find customers they pay me money and then i don't do anything i fire them. i just like, fire them afterwards and then the better business bureau is knocking at your door and you have a whole bunch of lawyers coming to you <laughs> to yeah. asking for money um was were you always interested in being a nine uh being an entrepreneur or was it just something that 
popped up because of an opportunity that just expressed itself? I believe I was always uh, conditioned by books uh, because I read uh, very atypical books uh, when I was a child or I, I, a teenager. Uh, because the thing is, like, I was reading about NLP, I was reading about uh, sales, I was reading about uh, all those uh, corporate meetings. And uh, like, I, I cannot pinpoint uh, specific books, uh, but still, it was, I was always interested in business, even though I, it, it almost sounded like a fairy tale. Like I was like, oh, there was this uh, speaker who is traveling between the, like between countries and uh, cities and he has business meetings. Like, wow, this sounds like a fairy tale. To some people, it's just like business as usual. Like they, mm -hmm. they do it and they don't really enjoy it because it's training, because we have to just travel a lot. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. With remote first uh, environment, we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, but some people still do because they like it. <laughs> Not going to lie. I do enjoy travel and getting to see the world. And thankfully, after the, uh, the events of 2020, slowly opening up and it's a little safer to travel. So I am looking for that. But I understand the, how when you're younger or you're not part of that world, you don't understand that world and you start reading about it. It does sound like a fairy tale because one, it's coming from books and we know books usually hold those fairy tales. So it, it creates the world that we want to, uh, to have. Um, was there a spark that caused you to move to China to start your entrepreneurial journey? Or was it just luck just opened up? Like something was like, hey, we have this opportunity, let's go. And it was like, yes, let's go. I think I should blame social media for that because uh, at that media. point, okay. yes, uh, because at that point, uh, all the gurus on the internet, they were preaching, uh, working with China, uh, like uh, launching landing pages and just uh, like selling Chinese products as the next big thing. Uh, kind of like they were preaching nfts not long time ago yeah. and then uh like ai what what is the next fad like i just don't know what what is coming but again all those like web uh web free uh experts are currently turning into ai experts because like that's what they should be talking but at that point uh when i was uh looking uh i was just picking up that message that we should work with china and we took it one step further we moved to china <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. I think. That's a bolt. Like, I have to give you a lot of credit because that's a huge thing to do in your life. Like, move, like, like moving to your neighboring country. That's fine because it's like there is some similarities. You know, like you're not too far yeah. from home, but you move across the world. Yes. To be like, hey, let's try something. Like that is putting all your eggs in one basket. Trusting in yourself. Trusting in your partner that you yeah. guys can do that. The that original takes a... idea was the original idea was to do that travel living thing uh, where we travel and uh, but we kind of screwed up the entire idea because we moved to China and we never traveled to any other country. <laughs> like oh, after that, like it's just like China, then back to Bulgaria. <laughs> That's it. Like travel living. The nomadic life was a short us, like... trip for you guys. Yes. Um just in terms so, of the timeline, it was like prolonged short. Yeah, it was a prolonged short trip. Um, yep. So after the somewhat success you had in China, you moved back to Bulgaria. And was that when you started having the idea for TrackMage? After after our first business collapsed, uh, we didn't want to start another business. We just wanted to work. And for the next uh, four years or so, uh, we just diligently worked every day. Uh, it, that's That was before COVID. Uh, that was before anything remote uh, was mainstream. 
so we were working through Upwork as uh, freelancers. Uh, so at that point, uh, I started because, okay, uh, for me, uh, the concept of remote work was quite foreign. Uh, my, uh, like my partner is a software developer and he uh, always worked online. He always worked remotely. But for me, uh, I used to like sell frozen berries. I used to work in an office. Uh, it was very foreign. So that, at that point, uh, when I was left without uh, any ties or any anything that uh, held me uh, like in place, and I didn't want to start another another business or a job that's going to tie me to a specific location, because that was the mistake we made in China. Uh, mm -hmm. We tied ourselves to those warehouses, and if we left, the business was no longer there. So that's what uh, we wanted to do differently. So that's why we started freelancing online. Uh, and I started from learning JavaScript, uh, trying to become a software developer. It didn't work out at all. Uh, I Because it literally lo looked like this. I went to Upwork and I started scrolling through the job postings. Uh, at first, uh, I was saying like, mm, okay, project management, that's easy. Like, yeah, uh, let, let's, let, let's just keep scrolling. Like, oh, JavaScript. Yeah, I need to learn JavaScript. And I just tried to break my brain a little bit. And after that... After that, I just it just turned out that it was much easier for me to just do what I was uh, able to do. I started from fifteen dollars per hour. Actually, no. Uh, wait, wait a second. My uh, my husband started from fifteen dollars per hour, and he uh, worked as a software developer. And he said, like, yeah, this is the limit. Nah, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. I, I just like I said, like, okay, no matter what, I'm starting from twenty five. And I found a job, uh, like first one was a fixed price. I set up a WordPress website uh, with the help of the software developer next door. <laughs> like, but when, like, happens, uh, I'll just, here, honey, do this for me. I yeah, need yeah, you to yeah. fix this for me. Thank you. Okay. Here, that was yeah, the start of What's this project manager. Yeah, that was the start, the beginning. Yeah. So after that uh, endeavor, and it was quite draining project because it's uh, it literally like they paid $300 uh, for a website and I had to do everything. I didn't know how, like how underpriced that offering was at that point. Like it was literally like for nothing. And I spent maybe two months uh, creating that website from like learning everything in the process. So that was the first try. But after that, I found uh, another job and another job and another job. And uh, my uh, rate went something like this. Like uh, I started from 25, then I went to 45, then I went to 95, and then I went to 125. Uh, just uh, just because I uh, told myself, so like every time I'm going to find the next contract, it needs to be uh, more expensive than the previous one. And that's how I started. And for the next uh, four years, uh, we were just uh, like, we were we were not... Uh, ready to start another business because after the first failure uh, and after the first uh, disenchantment in our abilities to make something that's, that works, we wanted to just uh, work work at the job, uh, earn a salary, and that was it. But at some point uh, in May 2018, uh, I remember the date just because uh, it's uh, somewhere on my LinkedIn profile. So, <laughs> yes. So uh, on May, uh, 2018, we thought that like, hmm, great, but how about we start a software as a service? And we were mulling over like over this idea uh, to start it, and we did. We started, uh, and uh, the first uh, team that uh, we gathered, they were all from those projects that I've worked on. 
because we project uh, ants, but talented developers, we don't. And I knew all the talented developers that I could uh, bring on the team. So the first team was uh, just gathered from those uh, previous uh, engagements with the clients where I already knew that those guys, they knew how to code and they were legit. Well, yeah, and, and that escalated from there on because we set up all the website, we set our funnel, we set up uh, our automation. Like again, with automation, <laughs> how many how many different tools? We, uh, because we had uh, the, the choice between open source solutions and closed source solutions, but they, those that were paid. And we always uh, chose open source, which created a lot of overhead on the team because we had to support those open source. So, so if you are not very tech savvy, it's probably better to just pay the price for the software because like hiring a software developer, you need to know what you're doing mm -hmm. and you need to know uh, how much those guys charge because some software developers, they cost, uh, yeah, they, they cost a lot of money. They can start at $15 and they can go all the way up to a couple thousand dollars. Uh, of course. So you're developing this, this team, the first interaction of your next business. And I take it this is Track Mage. Like you're so, yes, slowly yes. building out Track Mage um, to where it is today. Um, in this journey, building Track Mage, becoming a SaaS founder, pretty much rewriting the script that you were told from a young age, where you had to work in an office, do the nine to five, and now you're over here. Like you, you had you dabbled in the entrepreneurial. You got burnt, which most entrepreneurs do end up having. And then you yeah. you you decide to freelance, so you start doing that, and you realize that there is some freedom. And then you decide to start your next business. In that journey, is there a a moment that just solidified that? Yeah, I I enjoy this freedom. Yes, there was. So to be honest, uh, like my tastes are quite uh, weird when it comes to content. Uh, so I like uh, some animation, and uh, I mostly like I mostly scroll through comic uh, comic strips uh, and uh, animation. And I was uh, I, I was a fan of this show uh, called Metal Family, uh, where they they created the cartoon themselves. Like they were again the outliers. Uh, they didn't take any funding. They were not part of any studio. Uh, which is probably good because have you heard what uh, Netflix is doing with all the shows that they produce? They were just kind of like throwing them away. Yeah, and, they're uh, just... <laughs> yeah. and the creators, they cannot even post them because uh, they belong to Netflix. Uh, they cannot. So, yeah. right. So the thing is, uh, they were creating this show and at some point, uh, they posted a video uh, complaining about the problems in their uh, store because uh, the where fandom was pestering them with one single question, where is my comic book? Mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, I just look at this video and say, oh, this is what I created Trick Mage for. This is literally exactly what I created Trick Mage for. And then uh, I reached out to them for email. The first email, they didn't reply. In the next email, I just, uh, like, I went overboard. Uh, the first email was the typical outreach email or something like that. And on the next email, I just said, like, guys, like, you can reject me. Like, yes, uh, you can uh, you can do whatever you want. But uh, this this solves this your like this problem that you have, this problem, this problem, this problem. And uh, I put uh, uh, like a, a screenshot from their show at, at the end of that uh, email and they replied. And then we worked uh, with them for the next year. And what we did 
uh, we literally eliminated all the problems that they had in their uh, post-purchase experience. So the customers, we were not getting emails uh, because they misspelled the emails when they were doing the checkout. Uh, we fixed that. So there is a script now that checks uh, if the email is spelled correctly. Uh, and actually uh, checks not not just the spelling, but also if uh, we can deliver an email to that email to that email address. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's really good, because uh, even if you don't have a like a physical products uh, business, you can still use TrackMage just for that script. Uh, if we kind of called it validately, but uh, that <clears throat> that name was already taken. <laughs> so we had to just say like it's just like email validation script from TrackMage. So you can just put it on any uh, field and you can uh, get rid of all the bounce rates. Uh, like it, it literally goes to zero because all the emails are valid and you can be 100% sure that your customer is going to receive that email. So we eliminated that problem for that business. Uh, the next thing we did, uh, the, the customers, they were not picking up their pa packages when they reached the post office. Uh, the, that was a big problem because they had around a thousand packages that were returning back to them and they had to buy them again and then ship them again if they wanted to fulfill that order. Uh, so in that case, uh, we implemented, like, this This is the core functionality of TrackMage. Uh, we were just sending them uh, the post-purchase emails notifying, like, okay, your package is at the post office, go pick it up. And that eliminated the problem of uh, thousands of packages coming back. Uh, and, uh, like, current rolling average is 45 pack that are uh, currently at the pickup uh, point. And then, like, then just... Uh, <laughs> Only a very small amount uh, returns back. I think like it's around like five or six per month. <laughs> Going yeah. from thousands yeah. to five or six yes. is insane. Um, so that that is an amazing like memory to have. Like that just being able to help uh, a company that you love, like this comic book, this animation, this company that you're like, I adore them and I can help them. That yeah, that is just like cements what oh, i love that i love I, that. I understood what kind of market i want to work with like i want to work with online creators like they are like they are doing something incredible i can stand behind that uh, statement because uh at that point uh even track mage was feeling like mundane task because we were working with typical e-commerce businesses it's not like something is wrong with the typical e-commerce businesses i love you guys uh, the thing is that I just felt that it was kind of like getting boring. I, I wanted something more exciting. And then that's like, okay, great. You even shoot, a, like, they created an animated video describing the problem and scolding their fan base before misspelling the emails. Like, a, okay, <laughs> like, track mage, track mage, guys. This is going to solve your problem. And then we also were able to create some great results that we were not expecting. It wasn't part of our problem. So the first thing uh, we introduced was also uh, they were not collecting reviews before at all. But from 10,000 uh, packages that were shipped, uh, we were able to bring uh, 2,150 reviews. But every fifth uh, package or every fifth order, they left a review. And the reviews were like, I don't know, like uh, war and peace length, like length uh, <laughs> statements because everyone loves their show. And they wanted to express it through reviews. And that's what uh, currently they have. And uh, Those are the best testimonials. 
best type yes. of reviews those long reviews positive long reviews there people are going to spend time because like those two short sentences that oh this was great it's like okay yeah obviously it's great but why and you get these long reviews and you, it makes you trust it even more it creates right. a trust like especially when i see someone spending the time to write like you said war and peace for a review on this con this t-shirt it shows that one the creators have created a culture of family like they they respect their their, their audience enough to put in their heart and soul to make it even better to make sure that the quality that they're sending is yeah. good i can i cannot resist they created a culture of metal family <laughs> because it's like it's literally the name of the show so it wasn't just family it was metal it's the metal family it was the metal yes. um <laughs> Now, I, I, I really like the fact that you had this major kind of like failure that scared you off from entrepreneurship. Like you took a giant risk, you rolled the dice for two years. It kind of worked. And then it obviously it, it, it ended up failing and putting a bad taste in your mouth. What tip would you have for people that they've jumped into the entrepreneurial space? They've gotten burnt because they're like, oh, no, this is not for me. What tip do you have for them to try again? Because obviously the entrepreneurial bug rebit you and now you're ecstatic and you're doing amazing things. You're helping your favorite like web series get, get, make their business even better. What kind of tip do you have for someone that's been hurt by the entrepreneurial journey? Well, I guess there isn't a, an easy answer to this question because everyone is different. Uh, so again, uh, if you tried entrepreneurship and you think it's not for you, like don't cross it off the list uh, just keep it somewhere uh, in the back of your mind because whenever you have the opportunities open you will always find a way and at some point you will just realize like oh this is the opportunity that i should grab and by all means uh this is the mistake that we made with uh with the first business don't let go of your current income try to do it uh, in parallel to your job this way you will be able to uh like you will be able to last longer, to long enough so for so it takes takes off. That's exactly what is required in any business. Uh, from the outside, all the marketers they are telling you the story of like okay, like draw two circles and then draw the rest of the wall. Uh, so you just you have to you have to like when you get into the business, you understand why it's a business because it's not easy. It's always not easy. Everyone is going to tell you like ah, it's just like this, that, and that. And then you do this and you understand like, okay, it's draining. Like I need to hire somebody. I need to train them to do this. Like they are failing. Uh, it doesn't work. doesn't work. Uh, you will have to persevere and just be there long enough uh, so that it works. So it just, uh, it's all about resilience. It's all about trying again. It doesn't have to be uh, like all or nothing. It can be just like a small side hustle that's going to keep going and then it's going to replace your like your salary and then you're going to start understanding like oh this is serious this is business i should probably pay more attention to that thing that's making money because otherwise you are always uh like you are always struggling to survive and a lot of people i think um they also have this i don't know like, preconception that like oh i'm going to take a loan or i'm going to take venture funding and I'm going to spend other people's money on my idea. Well, that's fine. But again, you will still have to make money. You will still have to figure it out. And even if you take somebody else's uh, funding to grow your project, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to make it uh, in, the, in the entrepreneurial world. 
I understand that uh, there is this uh, startup culture where everyone is celebrating like how much funding they got, but like they got funding, great. They were able to persuade uh, some of those five uh, people in the room that had a lot of money that they wanted to invest with the uh, ability to lose it and forget about it. But again, it's not success. That business is not making money. It's just uh, it's just prolonging its existence at that point. So that's why I think the most important quality is just to try again and just to be resilient and take care of your own, own mental health. Because once you like you suffered with failure, you might uh, understand that it wasn't your fail. Like it, it wasn't quite okay. Great. I, I just want to separate the two uh, the two things. Like it was a failure. Yes, it was your failure. Yes, but it's not you who is a failure. So the failure just happened. It was uh, this project uh, didn't work out. This uh, specific business didn't work out. It it's fine. It's not you. You have infinite potential. You have infinite possibilities. You can try again. And this time it's going to be better. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be better. <laughs> so that's the kind of mentality that you have to embrace. So, yeah, we, we make mistakes. Uh, and sometimes uh, we think that this is the end of the world, but it isn't. So as long as you are alive, you still have options. My God, you just dropped like 18 pieces of advice on people. Um, and I have to agree with you. I, I love the fact that you you mentioned that you specifically stopped and said you have to separate. It's, yeah, the business failed, but it's not your fail. It well, could be. Well, that's exactly the thing that I was trying to say. Like, it is your failure. Yes. But the failure is not you. It's <laughs> like, the it's business not... that failed. You were part of that. But maybe it was because your skill sense weren't ready and you've learned so much. And now the next time, like it's I whenever I hear someone says, oh, I took an echo loss. I'm like, no, you took a learning. You took a learning like you learned something. You got a lesson out of this because one, you learned, OK, maybe I'm not a good good at sales. But what am I good at? Oh, I'm good at creating the procedures. Like one of my colleagues that I work with, he's very good and detail-oriented at creating procedures and SOPs and all that. Put him in a sales call and he just, he doesn't know how to sell, right? And it's like, it's fine. I know how to sell. I've been, I, I, I grew up in the sales world because of my father, but I have no idea how to create SOPs. So we're like his business and my business, we work well together because I can handle the sales aspect for him and he can create the SOPs for the clients or he can create my SOPs for my clients. And it's, it's a synergetic thing. Like I learned when I first started that I'm not good at SOPs and all these organizational things. That's not who I am. So yes, my first business failed, but I learned so much. So it's not, you're not losing, you're not failing, you're learning, you're having lessons come out to you. And I love how you reiterated that because with the fact that yes, the business may have failed and you may have taken that failure, but there's lessons there to continue. So I, I want to thank you for sharing that with uh, my audience and reiterating that fact. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, sometimes we just uh, do everything in our power to put our business on the hard mode. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we did with uh, going to China, without speaking Chinese, without knowing anything about the country, without knowing whom we are going to sell to. Like, we didn't have any customers. We had to find them when we were, we were already in China. 
Like, <laughs> I think you skipped a lot of modes. You didn't just go to hard mode. I think you went to extreme. And you're like, let's do the extreme version of entrepreneurship. Let's move completely to another culture, country, and not understand yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have trained. like. I think it would have been harder if we moved to another planet. But <laughs> that wasn't an yeah, option. That's the next that's level. Fine. We're gonna like, start a business on Mars. There, that's yes, what we're gonna do. We're gonna be the first thing. business owners on Mars. Let's see how hard that can. Um, we're coming to the end of the episode, and I hate. So I'm gonna get you the last question which is the spark question from seek discomfort and it's very interesting because it's with with us recording with just starting of the new year um, i'm pretty sure in the five days that we have had you haven't made any crazy favorite memories so i'm going to change this up in the past year so in last year starting last year from january 2020 to december 31st 20 uh, sorry january 2022 to december 31st 2022 what was your favorite memory? With random questions, it's, it's always it's always challenging to come up with something on the spot. But I guess uh, my most uh, interesting memories are to how I changed my routines. Like, uh, literally, like, I uh, took uh, improv comedy. Uh, like, I literally, like, I wasn't doing that before. I thought, like, it's fun. And I signed up for the course. Then the next one, the next one. Well, then I... When I started singing, when I started pole dancing, me, <laughs> like, I know that that's hard to believe, like, yes. And then it all just kind of fit. Uh, I still do everything that's needed for the business. Uh, but again, my life just became richer. Uh, it became more, more exciting, Enriched. more fun. Yeah, right. I, and I love that. That's a great memory to have because last year you got you got to become more of yourself while focusing less on the business. That's an amazing accomplishment, a great memory to have. Um, seeing as that we are coming to the end, I'm going to jump off the screen here. So I'm going to thank you again, Ira. Uh, Ira, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to say person now because um, I'm never going to get names right. Uh, but I'm going to jump off the screen. I'm going to allow you to let my audience know where they can find you, how they can follow you. And if they are in e-commerce or they're starting an e-commerce brand, how they can get a uh, track mage to help them out. So the floor is yours. Thank you very much. So uh, if you are just starting an e-commerce business, uh, you probably will have uh, some questions about like how it's set up. So I would. I would first uh, tell you one thing. You have the ability to start it uh, and you need to find uh, the customers first. So start from something simple. Start from a TikTok account talking about your pro future product or start from some social media account. Just do something that is going to bring customers in first uh, before we even know that they are your customers. They could be your followers at first. And then start selling something to that following. That's going to cut you some corners that we had to encounter when we moved to China without even knowing whom we are going to sell to. So then I believe uh, this is going to already set you up uh, with a good start because you will understand like what people like, what people don't. But then uh, once your sales start rolling in and you're already an established uh, store with uh, like hundreds of uh, packages uh, getting shipped out, that's when you need TrackMage. So you can come to our website, trackmage.com, uh, and uh, sign up. Uh, it's literally one click. Uh, you, you can integrate with Shopify, WooCommerce, and by that point, uh, we might integrate with uh, a lot more uh, software tools. And that's how you uh, that's how you get get started with TrackMage. The thing is, uh, what it's going to help you with is uh, 
stop answering the where is my order question from the customers. Get extra sales from those customers because they will be coming back to your store, not to UPS, FedEx, or DHL, or whatever uh, carrier you have shipped the parcel to, through. through. Right. And then uh, you're going to you're going to be able to cr- create this uh, seamless post-purchase experience where they will be exposed to your brand all the time. Uh, when the customers were waiting for their orders, they check their shipment tracking pages one or two times per day. And especially if you are in the creator-based uh, business, your fan base, they are going to be very passionate about getting that package finally from you. So that's when uh, you have this ability to sell to them again. And that's what you can uh, put on your tracking page. You can put your additional products on the tracking page and uh, those customers, they are going to be able to see them and buy them. That's what Amazon does. But on Amazon, you don't have the ability to only show your products. Uh, Amazon is showing everyone else's products. That's why it's probably better to start your own store where you don't have any competition uh, out of the box. And in your own store, you control everything that happens to your customers, especially after the purchase. Because after the purchase, most of the e-commerce stores, they make this mistake. Uh, they uh, leave the customer hanging. And the customers, when they are left in the dark about the whereabouts of the package, they sometimes refund, uh, they pass their customer support, they send you those emails, they're like, where is my order? And then you have to always cater to that demand. And if you fill that communication gap, you get all kinds of uh, benefits uh, like extra sales, uh, goodwill, uh, better customer experience, and better reviews as a result of this process. So sign up for TrackMage uh, if you have an e-commerce business or if you are just starting. Also sign up. We have a free tier uh, where you can uh, process up to 100 orders without uh, any charges. So it's forever free. And if you are an already established business, uh, welcome to TrackMage. We would love to help you. Awesome. Irina, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Uh, I had so much fun talking with you. I did not know someone would be brave enough just to move their whole life to China to start start a business and then come up with uh, an amazing uh, adventure from it. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you very much for having me here. And uh my story for me is just like business as usual. Like uh, I, I don't, I don't see anything incredible there. But like when I look back, and yeah, it kind of sounds weird. <laughs> um, to my audience, as you know, in the show notes down below, you can find all the links to support Irina, uh, Track Mage, and all that stuff. Please do go check it out if you're looking to start a, uh, an e-commerce brand. It's a great place to start, and it's can help you uh, augment those sales. So do check it out. And again, always remember to invest in yourself.